What's up, tribe? It is Michael Fleming coming at you with yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about the continual improvement of the health, the wealth, and the relationship of your dental practice and or your dental organization. And I'm so excited to come to you with today's message. I'm actually recording this on Thursday, April 23rd. Holy smokes, it's like we're heading towards the end of the fourth month of the year, and I think this is only like episode eight because uh, this last month has been completely crazy and I just haven't been spending a ton of time uh, on the podcast. I've done a lot more work really staying connected and communicated with the with my customers, which are people like you, uh, you know, whether it's the uh, dentists, office managers, uh, whether it's the, the marketing specialists, the director of marketing, you know, I've really been uh, diligent about staying connected and really keeping my finger on the pulse as far as what's important to them, essentially what's been important to you, the listener. And uh, this is really kind of the, the core of why I'm reaching out to you today and, and recording this. The, the title of this episode and the focus of, the, of this episode is uh, what you should be doing now to prepare your practice for reentry. And I, I call it reentry, but it's really you know getting yourself ready to be able to open your practice back up and serve patients in the post-COVID-19 landscape and world, right? As of right now, uh, April 23rd, there are zero states, to my understanding, uh, that are currently allowing elective procedures. And I could be wrong. I think like Arkansas or Alabama could potentially be, but ironically, we don't have any clients in Alabama or Arkansas right now. So uh, as far as we're concerned (laughs) here in our world, right, uh, it is... uh, you know, there are no practices that, that are open right now. And so we, we stay connected with a lot of our clients, if not all of our clients right now. And we've invited a majority of those uh, clients of ours to a private Facebook group where we've stayed connected, sharing information, as well as doing uh, weekly Zoom video calls, just so we could stay connected, right? A lot of what we've been focusing on is, you know, like government and trade information. So, you know, obviously news that we're, we're receiving from uh, news from uh, the American Dental Association, you know, advisories, mandates, laws, uh, just really trying to stay plugged in to see what that landscape is looking like. You know, a lot of what uh, it, that are, are the practices we represent have been focused on has also been in regards to financial concerns or issues. And obviously right now, you know, a big part of that is uh, the like Paycheck Protection Program, which in fact today, Thursday, April 23rd, it looks like the House of Representatives is going to be uh, voting that in. This is this would be for the second round of funding. Uh, the majority of us that had applied for that first round of funding were uh, denied. And in fact, I don't know a single practice that we work with uh, that's actually received the funding. I know that there was one organization that had applied for uh, upwards of $8 million uh, of of funding kind of combined amongst their portfolio. This was a private equity group uh, and had only received 1.2 of that $8 million that they applied for, but I, that was what they were approved for, And but I don't think they actually received the cash yet, so I don't know. My point being is that you know there's a lot of people that are looking at this second round of funding and we're excited for that, and you know so a lot of the conversations that we've been having with our uh, our clients have been have been around that. It's like okay, 
even if it's been as simple as uh, what's your experience been like? Did you get any money yet? Oh, okay. If not, you know, neither have we. And, you know, here's what we're doing. And there's obviously been a lot of paperwork, a lot of information to submit, uh, a lot of, um, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross and a lot of attention to detail. And so many of us seem like we're so close yet so far away, right? So that's been a lot of, you know, what we've been doing. Obviously, other conversations that we've had on the financial vein have been uh, in regards to like the bridge loan or those gap loans from the SBA, as well as the traditional uh, Small Business Administration disaster loans as well. So these are a lot of things that, you know, I'm sure that you've uh, have been part of your daily conversations. I, I'm sure it's been part of your focus. You know, the next big thing, though, that we talk about, and this is why I'm sharing this with you, is uh, patient communications. I mean, this is such a critical portion. And, and in fact, you know, the other critical portion is also going to be um, staff communications, which is really where uh, we want to keep our focus today uh, is the staff communications. I think I may have got that backwards. Sorry. So we're going to kind of do this in two parts. Today is going to be focused on communications with your staff. Tomorrow, I'm going to do another podcast that's really geared towards patient communication because as we start to look towards reentry, this is really going to be the big thing that works either works to your advantage or it sinks you uh, and really kind of helps you, um, you know, stay back or or kind of stifles your your reentry uh, as we call that. And and let me explain what I mean by that is you know as we start to get ready, there's a, a ton of practices that just shut down. Uh, think back towards you know March 16th, 17th, 18th, basically when the the American American Dental Association came out and said, you know, we need to uh, stop doing elective procedures until X date. I think that date has changed a couple of times, but until X date, a lot of dentists, uh, especially in, in more rural communities or smaller practices, they literally just shut down and went to go take vacation. Uh, and in some instances, it's kind of led to patient abandonment where they, they weren't adequately communicating that, you know, even though we can still be open for emergency procedures and we should be open for emergency procedures, you know, they never left kind of a plan B for their patients to let them know, hey, we're taking this opportunity as a vacation. But in the meantime, you know, call our friends down the street at, you know, XXX dental, dentistry or whatever that is. They just kind of hit the road and hightailed it out of there. And so, you know, obviously we kind of know what the unintended consequence of that scenario would be, right? But, you know, there's a lot of people that, that I also keep in contact with that have not sent anything to their patients. So whether it's a letter, uh, I know that a couple have sent an email, uh, but, you know, with open rates, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, 20 to 25%, that's still upwards of, you know, 75, 80% of your patients that have no clue that you've even reached out to them. So, you know, as you can imagine, you know, that there could be unintended consequences there. But what I, I want to go even farther upstream before we tackle that, because we're really going to talk about the patient communications tomorrow. But what I want to really want to talk with you about today is your staff communications and why it's so important for you to be, you know, talking with your staff and really pulling them in. Because I've got a couple life, like real life stories of, you know, uh, staff members that have, you know, not necessarily had a good experience with uh, practicing dentistry in the COVID-19 landscape. And so allow me to explain what I mean by that. You know, as we re-enter and say, you know, we're looking at May 4th, I think I think May 4th is kind of a, a date that a lot of states are looking at right now. 
as far as reentry. And so you're looking at literally just over a week right now, right? And I think a lot of practices are just assuming that, you know, the staff is going to be there at the beck and call. And what I want to, what I would see that I want to plant with you is not so fast. Don't assume that because there are going to be situations where, uh, you know, some staff members might not be so excited to come back to work immediately. Uh, and, and the reasons could be various. I mean, depending on how much they're getting for unemployment and if they're also getting that extra $600 a week on unemployment, you know, there could be some scenarios depending on where you're at, where they're actually making more money on unemployment right now than they are actually coming back to work. So that's something you absolutely positively want to be aware of and be able to start speaking to that. The other is fear, uh, fear of safety for themselves as well as, uh, safety for the patients. And so, you know, there may be some uh, staff members that are feeling like the existing, uh, you know, PPP, uh, the PPP, sorry, the PPE, the personal protective equipment that has been used might not be uh, sufficient for what dentistry in the post-COVID-19 environment looks like, right? So that could be another example of where there might be a little hesitation. And then, you know, another potential scenario could be, you know, whether or not you've got staff members that are potentially pregnant. Uh, and maybe you don't know about that yet, of course, right? I mean, I know like in our, in our world, you know, whenever my wife has been pregnant, we probably don't tell anyone until like month four or five, unless it's like super close family, right? But until then, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll tell you when, when you need to know. But, you know, you might have some, some staff members that could potentially be pregnant. That could be a very, valid reason why they wouldn't feel comfortable about coming back uh, to work immediately. And, and also, if you have any staff members that are uh, potentially immunocompromised. And again, you know, that could be a situation where I'd imagine that with an immunocompromised uh, staff member, you would uh, have a, an awareness of that, especially since you are exposed to infectious diseases on a day-to-day -day basis anyway. But, but, you know, potentially it's never good to assume, right? It's always good to just speak to the group, speak to the masses and throw it out there. So just in case, and this is where I'm going with this, is like, as we start to go back and we start to talk with our staff about reentry, it's really putting everything out on the table and talking through, you know, what are their concerns? And the reason why this is so important is that, you know, and we'll talk about this tomorrow when we start talking about the patients is the big thing here is that it is important to be comfortable and confident with the decisions that you're making. And what I mean by this is that as you enter back into dentistry in a week or two weeks or whenever your state is allowed to, to open back up, you know, it's not going to be like it was a month or two ago, right? You're more than likely going to have more restrictions uh, on the masks that you're using. You're more than likely going to be even using additional equipment. You know, I talked with a dentist yesterday that was uh, talking about increasing the type of uh, equipment or, or PPE equipment that they're going to be uh, using to uh, re-enter the, the world that included surgical caps uh, for certain procedures, if not all procedures, uh, clinical gowns, which was, uh, you know, the, the disposable clinical gowns as well as uh, shoe covers. And of course, this is in addition to the, uh, the surgical grade masks that they're using. I don't think the, most of the people that we work with use the N95 mask. They use more of the surgical grade three 
uh, masks that, that they feel are uh, just as good, if not better than the N95. But regardless, I mean, whatever, you you know exactly what equipment uh, is is best for your staff and, and the safety of your staff and your patients, right? So I'm not going to run down that rabbit hole, right? But, but the, my point being is that a lot of the conversations that we're hearing is including additional PPE. And it also includes uh, separate procedures or different procedures of the way that they are uh, currently doing that. And not, not on a major level, but it's just being a little more deliberate uh, to make sure that everyone is feeling good and confident. And, and again, back to working with the staff and making sure that they are feeling good about these new processes and procedures, because with their confidence and their ability to feel good towards this common goal, that's going to uh, bleed over into the, the confidence of the patient. Does that make sense? And so if, the, if the, the staff are feeling good about, you know, the clinical gowns or the caps or the, the shoe covers, the gloves, the N95 masks, the, the face shields, uh, I left that out, but that's absolutely uh, probably something that you're already looking into is the, the additional face shields during certain procedures as well. Um, you know, the more that staff, the, the more your staff is feeling confident with that, they're inherently just going to be able to share that information and share that confidence with the patients, which is really going to put the patient at ease, right? Because remember, even when we wind, wind back um, or rewind back two months, three months ago, you know, there was a ton of anxiety that was already attached to dentistry for a lot of your patients, right? So just imagine what life looks like now for them, right? They already had their dental anxiety. Now they're afraid to just breathe the air that that's out there. I, I was driving, I had to run into work and reset a server this morning. And when I was driving back, I saw literally four different people, four different cars that they were wearing masks on the inside of their car. And, and they were alone, they were all by themselves. And so it, it was really interesting for me to see that. And I happened to be on the, on the phone with my business partner during that time where it's like, wow, we're literally entering this phase now where people are afraid to breathe their own air. Does that make sense? And as ridiculous as that might sound or as silly as that might sound, you may have chuckled. I mean, that actions speak stronger than words, right? And so there's a lot of people, especially if they've uh, been home watching a lot of news. I mean, that's been one of the things I have not been doing a ton of is my news consumption has been very deliberate and limited by time. It's literally 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes potentially at night, and sometimes I even skip the night one, right? I'm I, I'm trying to consume enough news that keeps me plugged in and relevant. You know, for example, today's news about the, uh, the PPP, the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, I need to be all over that because you know, it's relevant for not only for me and my business, but also to my clients and their business as well. So there are certain things I absolutely need to stay plugged into, but there's a lot of things that I do not need to stay plugged into, uh, especially when it's in regards to the fear and the hype of of COVID-19. Again, in previous podcasts and, and in my writings, you know, a, a lot of what I focus on is, you know, there's certain things that are inside your control and there's certain things that are outside of your control. And is what's in our control right now while we're in a shelter in place or stay in the home, stay safe order is to stay home and, and keep your family inside the four walls. I mean, that's all I can do, right? Me watching the news does me no benefit other than scare me. And so I choose not to watch it. I mean, it's not doing me any good. The only thing I can do right now is to stay at home and keep myself and my family safe. And that's what we're doing. And so I'm doing exactly what I can and should be doing. And that that's all I that's all I got for you. Uh, beyond that, I need to be looking uh, at what's going to be positive. 
uh, and what's going to uh, give us a brighter future, right? One of these days, we're going to look back uh, on the on the COVID nineteen uh, shelter in place, and a lot of us are going to be able to look back and say, "Wow, we really really maximized that time that we had." You know, whether it was with our family, whether it was with improving ourselves, you know, working out, improving our diet, you know, really sharpening the pencil at work, really recrafting the way that we uh, communicate with our our uh, employees and our patients. But then on the other hand, there's going to be some people that, you know, just drank themselves through the whole month, right? Or, you know, used pharmaceuticals or used food to get through. And it's going to take these people a month to even sober up, right? As opposed to some of us are going to be shot out of a cannon once, you know, if, if May 4th is the date, this guy right here is ready. You know, May 4th, I'm going to be calling everybody. I'm going to be shot out of a cannon. I'm going to be ready to go because I have been working out. I have been eating right. I have been staying close and connected with my family. We have uh, been doing a ton of fun things together, and it's been a, a, a great opportunity for us to use this time to reconnect as a family and do things together. And so, you know, by the time we can go back to work, I mean, I am going to be so excited to be able to get back to work and contribute and have purpose again that, you know, I'm going to be going at 100 miles an hour, as opposed to there's a ton of people that are out there that are really just barely getting by. And, you know, it's going to take those people a while to readjust and re-enter, if that makes sense. And so this is part of the reason I want to plant the seed for you to start having that communication with your staff right now is so that you can start to look and see what their concerns are so that you can start to address them, right? Does that make sense? Because there are certain things. So for example, um, you know, one of, one of the big things that I'm going to encourage you to do right now is to uh, reach out to your your staff individually today. You know, pick up the phone. I know that there's a, you know, I talked with a, a dentist yesterday that has been uh, communicating with his his staff once a week via email. And I was like, wow, that doesn't really seem like that frequent, you know, because that's seven days in between communications, right? Or on every seventh day, they're getting a communication. As opposed to, you know, if they're watching news and they're getting bombarded with this 24-hour news cycle, those that, that six days in between, the communication seems like such a long time. And then, of course, if they're just getting this email that's out to the group, it's not very personalized, right? So the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is reach out to your staff individually and, and just stay connected with them, right? Find out where their head's at. Find out what they've been doing. You know, let them know, you know, we're, we're potentially looking at, you know, reentering May 4th or whatever that date is in your state, in your, in your unique area. Uh, and of course, there's an asterisk by that date because who knows if there's going to be changes on uh, May 1st, a couple of days before, right? Before they push that out a couple more weeks. But, you know, as for all intents and purposes, you want to make sure that you're starting to have that conversation of like, wow, you know, hey, Sarah, we're looking at uh, reentering on, on May 4th and we're looking at bringing in, you know, that's our first opportunity to bring in hygiene patients again. I need to make sure that you're feeling good. Uh, about coming back to work. And, you know, I want to take this opportunity to to share with you my confidence in what we can do. Here's my ideas on, on what we can and should be doing with improving our PPE that keeps both of our patients and our staff safe. And I also want to touch base to make sure that, you know, you're feeling good and you're feeling healthy enough to be able to, like, physically come back to work because, you know, it's not, I don't think it's legal for me to ask if you're pregnant or if you're immunocompromised. On the other hand, because maybe it is, I'm not sure what that is, 
But the way I would ask is, you know, even if even if it's not, let's just assume it's not legal for me to ask. Just like I can't ask what religion you are. Uh, I can't ask if you're pregnant. I can't ask if you're immunocompromised. But what I can ask is for you to be aware that if you are, you know, please be, uh, please feel confident in t- being able to communicate that with me so that we can make alternate plans for, you know, what reentry looks like, right? And, and it doesn't mean that, oh, if you're pregnant, you can't come back to work. Maybe it's more like, maybe we inter- introduce more, uh, a more strict screening process for our, our patients that are coming in. So in addition to a questionnaire, maybe we are also taking that, their, that patient's temperature so that we're ensuring that by the time, you know, the hygienist or the dental assistant or whoever could be potentially immunocompromised or pregnant, uh, they, they have the confidence they're, they're working with someone who is healthy as of right now. Healthy defined as they've self uh, described themselves as healthy on the screening sheet that we might have, as well as we've taken their temperature and they're not running a fever at this point. You know, at that point, it really kind of lessens the risk of transmission of COVID-19. And that's that's really what's within our power to do. And we want to be, be communicating this right now because it also helps us have that opportunity for the hygienist or the the, the uh, you know the office manager, for example, the the uh, dental assistant, whoever that may be inside of our four walls, to help them become part of the solution, right? Because you could be having a conversation with, with your office manager, for example, and they might, they might be very forthcoming. No, I'm not pregnant. No, I'm not immunocompromised. But you know they might have concerns. And we want to make sure that we address that, or they might be a great resource or a tool to help communicate and protect, you know, other staff members that could be immunocompromised. And we're just, we're talking right now of like actual threats. The other thing that we also need to acknowledge is fear, right? Like there are people that are completely healthy, you know, say we've got a hygienist that's completely healthy, that is not, is not immunocompromised, is not pregnant, but after seeing all of this news uh, and, and reading, you know, depending on what, what articles you're reading, uh, like medical articles, they could be absolutely terrified to come back to work based on some of the project projections of transmission that they've been reading, right? And that's understandable. And we can't control that. That's the whole point of this is like, we're not trying to control how people feel. What we're trying to do is we're trying to discover how they feel so that we can adequately respond to that fear, right? And sometimes if, if the fear is so overwhelmed, there might not be anything that we can do to help them overcome that, right? And we need to be able to, to realize that as well. But here's the deal, guys and girls. Uh, we need to get in front of this now so that if we do have any people that it's like, you know, using pilot terminology, that go, no-go analogy. And if you've got someone who's a no-go, well, if we start having that conversation now, it gives us the opportunity to start finding alternative plans. So for either when they're able to return and they're feeling more confident, or maybe they just quit and, and go do something else. Maybe they, they go decide they're going to be a school teacher because there's less uh, chance of them transmitting uh, uh, COVID-19. I mean, I don't know. I just made that up, right? But they may decide, man, that, like, because you know if you're on the other side of that, that handpiece, you know, that shit goes everywhere. You know, I hear stories, story after story about how after any given day, you know, you're going to have uh, people's saliva in your hair. You're, there's going to be times where there's blood in your hair. There's going to be the aerosolization of, you know, 
uh, saliva and spit and, you know, whatever else is going on in that mouth, right? And th- there is going to be that, 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 that's going to happen, right? So we need to acknowledge that and we need to talk about what we're planning on doing to make changes to make our environment even safer than it was pre-COVID-19, right? And that way we can really control the narrative, if that makes sense. And it really helps us have better, uh, more fruitful and healthier conversations, right? But again, the first things first is we want to have individual conversations with our staff so that we can start to plant those seeds. And Because we don't want to be like, hey, you know, Susie, I want to have a talk with you. And by the end of this call, I need to have a decision. It's go, no, go. And I need it either. Yes, I'm in or no, I'm, I'm out. It doesn't even need to be like that, right? What you're doing is you're creating space so that they feel safe enough to be able to have their their thoughts, to be able to voice their fears and, and concerns without having any judgment, right? Because there is no judgment right now. If you're like most practices, the majority of your staff is furloughed already, right? Which means you don't have to invite them back. If you if you decide that like, you know, someone's just not going to, you know, like they're, they're terrified, like you don't have to bring them back, right? Uh, but obviously we want to, right? On the other side of that though, is if someone is an absolute no-go, it gives us time to be able to, to work on plan B and who else can fill those shoes once we reopen, who's going to feel comfortable in a post COVID-19 dental environment. That's the first step is those, those communications with, uh, your staff on a one-on-one basis. The next step is, you know, group. Uh, meetings and uh, one of, one of the dentists that we work with out of um, Denver, Colorado, uh, does uh, weekly Zoom meetings. Obviously, Zoom is a very popular uh, video uh, software, so that you can have uh, virtual meetings with uh, a, a, a visual and audio component. So you can v- literally have team meetings and see the whites of their eyes from the comfort of your own home and the comfort of your own laptop, right? And that creates another opportunity for connection, not only with you and your staff, but staff to staff, if that makes sense, right? So that as you start to re-enter, you can start to, or as you start to talk about re-entry, you can have these group conversations and you can kind of start throwing out like, okay, you know, we want to talk about what dentistry is going to look like post-COVID-19. Here's the ideas that I have uh, for PPE and procedures uh, in that post, post-COVID-19 environment so that we minimize the potential risk uh, spread of infectious diseases. Uh, and that way we're keeping both of our patients and our staff safe so that we can continue to practice dentistry in a safe and sustainable manner uh, that's a win-win for everyone, right? And it gives that opportunity for, you know, when in a group environment, maybe some ideas are shared and it gives you the opportunity to come up with solutions collaboratively, right? So maybe someone does bring up a concern and instead of, you know, you having to have the answer to every question, it creates the opportunity for you to be like, wow, that's a, that's that's great. I actually haven't, you know, nine times out of 10, you will have already had a thought of that or a, you've got a plan or a response to that. But if, you know, there's the scenario of like, oh my gosh, I haven't really given thought to that because I didn't, that's not my concern. So I didn't even think about that. But then you can kind of collaborate and think of other ideas. And again, you can almost place that ownership on other people so that they can own that solution and then they've come up with it together. And sometimes that's some of the best learnings is, you know, when you have that collaborative effort and the staff themselves comes up with the solution, now it's their solution, 
right? And so now they own it. They've got ownership. They've got an ownership stake in that solution. And so now they're more willing and able to run with that solution. Does that make sense? And again, why is this most important? Is it is it just so that your staff feels comfortable and confident and safe? No. Remember, part of this is that's the first step. We need for them to feel confident uh, and safe when they return back to work. But it's not just for their own sake. It's also for the patient's sake, which is what we're really going to dive into tomorrow as well. But before I, you know, before I wrap this up, because we're wrapping up here in another minute or two, but the last thing that I would encourage you to do also is that Facebook groups are so popular right now uh, that it's such a great way to share information that I would encourage you to set up a Facebook group for your staff as well. So even if you only have a staff four or five, it doesn't matter. That way you've got a Facebook group so that that way if you see an article or if you see, you know, that oh, there's this article on, on PPE or, I, you know, I just read this article about the aerosolization of saliva during certain procedures or whatever the that is, right? It creates this this single place that's almost like a living document that you can always just continue to build on. And then obviously if you're using Facebook, you know, every time that there's a post, it'll kind of flag and you'll get a little uh, reminder, hey, check, you know, so-and-so just posted on, the, on this group. And then you can go and you can read that. But it, again, it creates a nice collaborative environment and it helps really establish and strengthen the fibers of connection between you and your staff. And that's really the intent of this right now is that when we talk about reentry, we start with our staff, right? And it's with our staff, as you start to, to make them feel comfortable inherently, it's going to make you feel more comfortable about reentry as well. So does that make sense? So, you know, what we talked about today was really focusing on staff communication. You know, we start with the individual, you know, if you're going to make homework out of this, right? You've got three components, right? You need to get on the phone with each and every one of your staff members today. Do it now. Don't wait. Just do it now. And then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to schedule a Zoom call and get all of your staff members on a single single uh, Zoom call. And you may keep it once a week, right? Now that we're getting close to reentry, maybe what you do is like uh, you do one for today or tomorrow, which is Thursday or Friday. But then what you also do is, you know, maybe two or three next week. Maybe you do uh, Tuesday, Thursday, or maybe you're, you're a little more like me, which would prefer to over communicate like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But then that way it gets everyone kind of ready and on the, on the same page for reentry. And then so that way, when we get back inside the four walls together, it's not like it's been two months since we last saw saw each other or six weeks or however long that's been. It's been like, oh, I just saw you on the Zoom call two days ago. And it's great to see you again, right? It really kind of helps get everyone back on the same page, feeling good about working with each other, feeling confident, right? And that confidence, again, is not only going to be really be infectious towards one another as the staff and being solution-oriented with that confidence, but it's also going to overflow into the cups of your patients. And it's going to make your patients that may already show up with anxiety, but now have extra compounding anxiety with COVID-19, it's going to help them feel that much more confident when your staff feel confident. Because with that confidence, they're going to be able to make that patient feel at ease. They might even be able to tell stories where it's like, man, you know, I was really concerned about coming back to work as well. But, you know, because we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this, not only does it ensure my safety, but it also ensures your safety as just as much. And that's really what our focus is right now. And so as we start to talk about reentry, this is where we start is just with communication, right? Just as I'm communicating with you, I'm communicating with my staff and I'm really encouraging you to start communicating with your staff. Tune in tomorrow. I'll put together another uh, podcast 
that's really geared towards patient communication because that's going to be the next step, right? Now that we've started co- uh, conversations with our staff and really prepping them for reentry, now we need to go back and we really need to start talking with our patients so that we can make them feel good. It's going to be like an education. We need to educate them to as to what we're doing to ensure their safety and minimal uh, exposure to uh, potential spread of COVID-19, right? This is a new landscape and we don't want to go back in uh, just with this attitude of like, oh yeah, finally we're open. Yeah, we're doing the same shit that we did last time. Uh, We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're taking extra precautions to ensure not only the safety of the, the patients, but also the safety of your staff as well as yourself. And we need to be communicating that with your patients. And we'll, we'll go into more detail on that tomorrow. But as always, you know, if you've got any uh, uh, concerns or feedback or anything that you feel I, I left out, that would have been a, a nice value add. I'd love to get your feedback. You know, uh, drop me a line at mike at innovatedentalmarketing.com. I'd love to get your feedback. And I can include that in a future podcast. Uh, or I could even have you on a future podcast if uh, you've got some great ideas as well that you might share. I'd love to have that included as well. I'd love to collaborate with you and and, and do that. But again, really excited at the opportunity of uh, getting back to work. Uh, obviously excited at practices opening up, but really want to help you transition as seamless as possible. And we, we definitely don't want to be that practice that, oh, you know, we're reaching out to our staff on May 1st when we're ha- when we're opening on May 4th and just assuming that they're all going to show up. We really want to make sure that we show up with kid gloves, that we, we really are, are, A, trying to identify uh, any uh, fears that our staff has, and B, most importantly, what are we doing to address those fears, okay? God bless you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sheltered in place until this is done. Do your part. And make sure you're not watching too much news, okay? Uh, make sure you're staying uh, focused on what's positive uh, on because, like I said, you know, we're going to look back on these days. Uh, we're going to say, hey, you remember the whole COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic that we had? And quite honestly, there's going to be some people that, that look back and say, no, I don't really remember that. I spent the whole time drinking or on pills. <laughs> right? We, we want to be the people that were like, oh, my gosh, that's actually when we stepped it up and we kicked it up another notch. And that's how we finished our uh, 2020 even stronger than it was going to be is because we had that focus. We had that hyper focus. We had that energy and we had that commitment that we were we were shot out of, you know, our shelter in place like a cannon. And we produced like we never produced before. And we had energy like we never had before. And so that's what I'm aspiring to be. And I hope that that's what you're aspiring to be as, as well. God bless you. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And I'll talk with you soon. Take care.